from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. This is Red Friday, and this is Locked On Chiefs. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. Are you ready for the AFC Championship game? Because I certainly am. We have everything to go over. We're going to talk keys. We're going to talk matchups. We'll give you our predictions. We want to know yours as well. But first, we have to get into the state of where they are right now. And we'll get to that right after this. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host at RGR Football. And he's old, by the way. Just throw that out there. And uh, yeah, can't, can't deny that one. Yeah, uh, I'm Chris Clark. Thank you all for listening. And this is an AFC Championship Red Friday. So hope you guys are enjoying that, guys and gals. I will say this. It is rather amazing. Somebody tweeted out today that Tom Brady has played in uh, 14 championship games in 21 years, I think I saw. Uh, Patrick Mahomes for like 66%. Patrick Mahomes has played in three championship games for three years. So 100% uh, right there. So I think that's really good, great to see. <laughs> that's a nice pull. Now now you just got to sustain it, you know, times seven. That's all right. We'll get there. Uh, times seven, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if he gets, if he can be anywhere close to 66%, if he's been in the league for 20 years, uh, Chiefs fans will be very happy. Yeah, we'll be out of a job because there'll be a podcast on every corner. So hey, <laughs> that's just the way that it'll go. But uh, before we go any farther, we're recording this on Thursday, obviously, for you guys to release. I just want to say happy birthday to uh, Legereus Sneed. I didn't know, but uh, it's nice to see. So I hope that he had a good one. To be fair, I didn't know until I got on Twitter and the Chiefs sent it out right before I was going to send that tweet. So <laughs> congratulations on that. I just thought, oh, wow, that really kind of worked out kind of funny. That is funny. I, I never look at guy's birth dates when you know i'm scouting them or anything so hey yeah, it's, a, nope. it's a surprise to me too <laughs> that said he's one guy that we know will be in this game um and spags had some interesting words about him on thursday as well um about how they're preparing him to be all over the place because uh obviously the big ticket is that patrick mahomes practiced Andy reed said he took most of the first string reps um that doesn't surprise you does it no, it doesn't surprise me at all. I'm just happy that Jerry Sneed is uh, less than half your age. So there we go. Oh, um, you had to, huh? <laughs> I had to. No, it doesn't surprise me that Patrick did what he did. Uh, I do think that it's, he's going to play on Sunday. I think that that's the expectation that I've had since really we started getting wind that it really probably wasn't a concussion. Uh, and I know he's still in the concussion protocol, but I think that's basically because of the way he went out. And I think that that's what the protocol dictates. Yeah. Um, and right along with him is Bashad Breeland, who is also still in the concussion protocol, as we found out this afternoon, but is at practice. So that goes a long way, and that will have the effect on what where Snead lines up. That will. And to be clear, they not only both practice, but they practice with their helmets on, which also means that it was more than just them walking through doing stretching and stuff like that or individual drills. Right. And and this was the big practice day of the week. This is where you actually run through tempo. Yep. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's ones on ones and who knows with Andy Reid. I don't know his schedule. I don't think anybody does, but it is full practice. So that's a very positive sign. Now you can call them both limited or whatever, but Patrick being there will uh, will have breaking news when we get it confirmed. But it, it, all things lead towards him playing. Uh, and it does appear right now that the same thing could probably be said about Bashar Breeland. Although we're not getting the detail about where he is as much. So that leads to Spag saying, you know, Legereus is practicing in a number of spots at that point. So that's that's where we're at for right yep. now. Yeah, uh, and Fenton was also mm-hmm. a limited participant. Sammy Watkins was limited, and so was Clyde Edwards Alaire. So you would have to expect that uh some of those guys are training hopefully in the right direction by continuing to practice. 
Um, one thing to note on the Bills side, uh, Gabriel Davis, I don't think practiced at all for the second straight day. But another big note to me that I thought was interesting was that uh, Cole Beasley did, uh, was a limited participant after practicing in full yesterday. He has been hampered with knee issues. So that could be a big thing for Kansas City. He has. And, and he's one of those X factors. He got the Chiefs for a touchdown last time. He's had a couple of really nice plays. He actually popped up in my film review over on RGR this week that in a couple of different ways. Davis as well. Um, but the interesting thing back on the Chiefs side is the same kind of thing happened to Lev Bell. His knee swelled up on him after Wednesday's practice, so he was out today as well. And I think that gives you a, more of an idea as to uh, why Daryl got the bulk of the carries last week because whatever happened in Week 17 that kind of limited Bell, uh, it's still aggravating him. I don't think it's you know anything severe, but it's enough to be a pain in the butt. Yep. And obviously that's definitely going to be something to watch, but considering the way Williams played this past game and the fact that we're expecting that Clyde is probably going to be available this week, uh, I think Kansas City is sitting in a pretty good position. Yeah, I I have to think so as well. So uh, that said, we should probably take a look at who's going to line up on who, what the matchups are. We're going to do that right after this. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, but we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out exclusively at BlueNile.com. Built Bar is back along with Built Go and has some great new things for you to try. Some of them are flavors. Some of them are new mixtures, new concepts in what Built does. So check out Built Bar, Built Go, and the whole nine yards. My personal favorite still remains that uh, caramel brownie. And uh, I like that coconut one as well. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go check out the peanut butter. It has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. It is absolutely delicious, in my opinion. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay. Keys, matchup, stuff, and business. Um, where you stuff want to start? and business. <laughs> Losing your mind in, in your old age. My bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Matchups, you know, you look at this game for me, honestly, the big thing that's standing out to me and this, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily call this a matchup, although it kind of is in a way. The Bills defense versus Kansas City's offense last time around, uh, they had six in the box most of the game. They were daring Kansas City to run the ball. Uh, I expect that they may try to do the same thing. I just can't imagine that Kansas City is going to be doing it the same way that they did it the first time. Oh, I got to think that there's a change up. Eric Bien-Me was very kind um, to say about the evolution of the Bills on their defensive side. Uh, Spag was very very respectful talking about the evolution of Josh Allen as well. Like I think it's all, you can base it on that, but you have to expand and you have to take a look at where you are 
uh, in the last few games in terms of individual matchups, Alec Reddy got called out in the pressers today as, as having a big uh, first start and some positive information there too. So where do you begin knowing that this is, this is kind of a fresh thing that you can't base everything off of week six. Right. Well, and I think what you're saying though is, is key. You, know, you have to look at what you looked at in week six and, and know what you were able to do in week six, because I think that will play into it a little bit. It's not going to uh, maybe dictate the game, but I do think that there are some things that you can take away from it. When you look at it from the chief's perspective, when you start looking at the offensive line, the bigger question and, and the thing that we really haven't talked about very much, while we know that Patrick is in the concussion protocol, the question, the bigger question is, is how's his foot? Is he going to be able to move like he needs to to be able to do the things he does in the pocket the best? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Is he able to be him? And uh, what did you feel about how he played uh, before the the, concu- the the head injury anyway? Well, I think. From what I remember of the game, and I'd have to go back and verify this to make 100% sure, but from what I remember in the game, he got hurt in the first or early second quarter, and then he missed a couple of throws because he couldn't step into them, and that kind of made sense. But to me, I thought he was moving better and looking a lot better when he came back out in the second half. Uh, I think that's being overshadowed because he went out shortly after, uh, and there wasn't that many big drives in that half, but I think he was at least moving around to where you felt like his foot was going to be okay and it wasn't going to slow him down from continuing to drive the ball down the field. Well, I can't argue with you, and I will say that that's key number one, is that if Patrick plays, can Patrick be Patrick? Meaning that he can get out of the pocket, he can he can get some first downs with his legs when he has to. Not necessarily looking at the RPO or the option game, although I, I really don't think they're going to restrict that. I think that was a, a fluky play. I don't think they're concerned about that. Um, it is what it is. And I will say this. I still feel, like I said earlier in the week, that the Chiefs can win this game with Chad Henney. It's just going to be a whole lot closer and a whole lot different because th- that shifts everything to the run game, in my opinion, and only using play action to get Chad some looks. But, well, I, I disagree with you a little bit on that because from what I saw from Henney, yes, he had that interception. That was a bad throw. But he had two big-time throws. That throw to Tyree Kill that was... Uh, what was it, a 20-yard? It was almost like an out route. It wasn't quite an out route. I'm not sure what kind of route it was, but down the sideline or closer to the sideline, and it, he just dropped it right in the bucket for Hill on that play. And then the play down the middle to Kelsey was huge too. Uh, I think he can make the throws, and as long as Reed can get him quick reads, I think that they could do a lot of damage. Uh, but the question really is, is, is he going to be able to scheme something to where he can do that? Uh, I don't think it's going to be Henny, though. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Patrick. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. And I think that the second key for me is that they have to be able to allow their stars on offense to continue to cook. I think Ty- Tyreek Hill is just getting started. There's a lot made of the the shove and everything. And as we've learned through the coaching staff this week, that that is that's Tyreek being explosive, hyping up, whatever, like sharing his energy. And the guy's got a lot of energy, but I feel like he just scratched the surface in that last game. And I think, especially if Mahomes isn't able to go, that he's got to play an even bigger role. And he and Travis are going to be the spark plugs, I think. Well, and I definitely agree with that. The thing I think is funny about that whole him pushing Greg Lewis on the sideline, everybody wants to talk about it and I get why. Uh, But, you know, Tyree came out and said he loves the guy and it, and obviously you're going to put out good messages uh, as much as you possibly can, but I can't see that there's any b- bad blood between those two. What I will say, though, is 
how big of a deal does it seem to be to Tyree Kill that the Chiefs were the ones or that the Chiefs picked him to run that play on fourth down? That seems like that really meant a lot to him. He was sure to make he made sure to mention that uh, that that really meant a lot for them to have the faith in him to be able to come up with that play, because basically that is what gave them the game. Yeah, I mean, and it's a big deal when you trust a return specialist to catch a, a ball. <laughs> I'll try to mention as many times as he did this week, because that is still at the forefront of his mind, folks. But I love it. Returner. I, I absolutely love it. You know, anything that you can get to give you just a little bit more of an advantage and to give you a little bit more motivation. Mahomes does it, too. He may not be, you know, speaking about it as much as, as Hill has been over the past couple of games, but nobody's really said I can't say nobody, but they haven't been as critical of Mahomes and his past as they were of Hill. And for honestly, I guess good reason, but we don't need to get into that. I still think you're looking at this matchup. And I think one of the keys that you really look at when you start looking at this Chiefs offense, yes, you have Tyreek Hill. Yes, you have Travis Kelsey. I don't think the Bills can slow both of those guys down. They may be able to take away one, but I don't think they can take away both. But the bigger key to me is the Sammy Watkins play. If Sammy Watkins plays, that completely changes this game for me because that gives you that additional weapon that you can have, you can use inside, but it also gives you somebody else that's going to have to be double covered at times based on the route combination and uh, based on the alignment on the field. So I think that could be huge because uh, I don't see McCall Hardman pulling that right now. And that's fair. And I think you're absolutely right. Having Sammy is a big thing, especially when you look back at the last couple of games for the Bills defense, because in multiple different scenarios with different coverages being played, and particularly the pass game, uh, they have been what I think is a little over-aggressive in coming off of their assignment to to match a player's route or to try to jump a route, and it's cost them. Um, the Doyle touchdown for the Colts was specifically because of that kind of breakdown. And if they do that again, I think with even a bigger fear factor in Hill and Kelsey, and then if Sammy's out there, uh, I think you're more apt to get enforce one of those breakdowns due to the fear factor. Yeah. Well, and you're also looking at speed like crazy. I mean, obviously, you know, Tiger kills the fastest wide receiver in the NFL. Michael Hardman is not far behind him. You add in another four, three guy and Sammy Watkins. Good luck defending that. And that's what NFL defenses are having a hard time with. And that's why Kansas City's put up the points they have in the past. Yeah. I mean, and, and <laughs> if you're one of the bills, you have to like just pick your poison, and they know that. They've done this before. They they have seen this matchup before, and I think from what we're hearing out of them this week, uh, they certainly feel like they're in a better position, but they still understand just how much this is uh, a mountain that they have to climb. And so for me, the the fourth key is that the defense has to continue what I've seen them do, and that is put pressure on, and I don't mean uh, pass rush pressure. I mean put pressure on the Bills' offensive unit to keep up. It doesn't have to be, um, I, I do want to see more pass rush pressure, but it has to be the pressure of make some plays. Knock the ball away from some receivers if you can get your hands on it. Put them in a position where they all feel the crunch of having to keep up with the Chiefs offense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, the bigger key, the the big thing on that, and people don't give this defense credit, uh, they are not allowing a lot of points scored per, per game. Yeah, it's over 20 points per game, but... Kansas City is more than likely going to score over 30 in this game. Uh, if if Mahomes plays and Mahomes is able to play the normal way he plays, uh, them holding the Bills to less than 25 points is going to guarantee a, a victory, in my opinion, because I don't think the Bills are going to keep the Chiefs under 30, and they may not keep them under 35. 
Yeah, and if you can't do that, then you're going to be in a world of hurt for a very, very long day. I think that there are a couple of things in particular we can look at about what players can make the difference. Uh, I think we'll do that next. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Lock on Bets. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports, they're going over everything you need to know. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get podcasts. Are you ready for some football? The playoffs here, the postseason is already rumbling in the NFL. It's a really exciting time to be an NFL fan, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today and get a free account on betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKDOWN for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Go check out BetOnline AG. So who stands out to you as player X that the Chiefs need to give some attention to on one side of the ball or other? Well, obviously you need to worry about Stephon Diggs. Uh, but I think the nice thing about Diggs is, you know, people talk about Buffalo having weapons. Uh, yeah, I like John Brown. I think he is a fast wide receiver. I don't think he is on the same level as a Sammy Watkins. Uh, so if you want to compare it that way, I don't think he's on the same level as Sammy Watkins. Uh, Watkins doesn't have the stats maybe, but he still does a lot for this offense that he doesn't get credit for. Um, so really to me, obviously, Stephon Diggs is going to be the big key to the Bills offense, in my opinion. Uh, if you can slow him down, that'll help. But really, I think what you have to be able to do is you just have to be able to keep him from blowing up. If he doesn't go for 150 yards and two touchdowns or three touchdowns, I think the Bills are going to struggle a little bit in this game because if they're able to slow down Diggs enough and keep him to maybe a touchdown and 100 yards, uh, you still feel pretty good about that because you know the other weapons on Buffalo can hurt you but they're not going to hurt you as much as Diggs could. I, I have to agree with you. And we have to remember uh, one thing that you're going to see them do is they're going to move him around. And when he runs out of the slot in particular, whether it's the, the second in or the third in, they got a really big play the first time they met in week six from Juan Thornhill with a deep PBU that was on a cover two splitter that they ran with Diggs where he got Dan Sorensen all turned around and he's attacking the middle of the field, running for the post. And, and Juan got over there at the last second. Now, they've gotten better at those plays. And I think, if especially if the Chiefs give them cover two looks, they might blitz out of it, which would make things a little bit more interesting. But if you see the Chiefs go too high and Diggs is in that slot, I think they're going to run that a couple of times. And it is going to come down to, have the Chiefs gotten as good at defending it as the what I think is an increase in how well the Bills offense runs that particular cover two beater? Yeah, no, and that could be a big, big matchup and something to watch for sure. You know, the other thing that we really need to talk about, I understand Josh Allen was hurt in week six, but he did not look very good. Uh, he has looked like a completely different quarterback since then. Uh, obviously, if he doesn't have a good game, their Bills' chances of winning this game are going to go completely out the window. But I think, you know, if you can harass him and get in his face and at least get him off his mark a couple of times, I think that could really go a long way towards winning this game. Yeah, I have to say so as well. And it was wet and windy that night. Um, so I'm going right, to just, but it's going to be in Kansas City. I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying we can, I, I don't want to discount that too much because of the weather, but it, it did play a factor. And I'll tell you this the way that he's improved this season, um, he, he's catching up to where I thought he might be, and he still has a ways to go. But 
with what we've seen with with Lamar and with the fact that Deshaun might be stuck in a weaponless system for the next three seasons, um, this could become the AFC rivalry of the future of, of the young guns, Patrick versus Allen. And I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be high scoring games in the future. And this one in particular, I think they do have enough moxie if they get a beat on what the Chiefs are doing. And I think, honestly, that comes back to what we talked about earlier about Bashad Breeland and being able uh, to cover what they do. The thing that can help them the most, the key matchup for me is the Chiefs defensive front against that offensive line that does have some holes. Um, the guy who gave it the most pressure last week for the Bills was our old friend Mitch Morse. And I wonder how that matchup's going to come out. Yeah. And, you know, Seth is really enjoying going and playing against his adult son, Mitch Morse. <laughs> uh, you know, the funny thing about that, you know, I look at this game and I look at Kansas City. And the one thing that you don't generally have to worry about when it comes to the Bills is stopping the run. Because they don't run the ball. Uh, I cannot remember. I don't think they ran the ball in the first half against Baltimore at all. They threw every single down. Unless Josh Allen ended up having to run because, uh, you know, he got out of the pocket or something. But it wasn't a designed running play. And that's huge. I mean, if you don't have to defend the run, I'm not saying you don't have to look for it every, every once in a while. But if you don't have to defend the run, you can really change what you're doing on defense and you can really drop more players, which really could help you, you know, contain this offense. Well, and there's a reason that the Chiefs are favored because that plays into what they do well. They defend yeah. the pass better, especially when they know it's coming. Now, I will say this. The Beasley score from the first meeting with this team came on a nickel corner blitz performed by Snead, uh, who's gotten better and has been, I think, more prevalent in the blitz package the last three weeks. Spags is getting more, I think, adept at sending him at opportune times, him especially. But the corner blitz is something that Josh Allen was able to take advantage of last time. And so I hope that they, they send it from a different direction. They send it a little bit more uh, disguised. Oh, that's fair. I, what I will say, though, is you have to look at this game and you have to realize that, generally speaking, I don't know what the point spread is, but I would take the over. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a hard time believing that this game is going to have anything less than maybe even 60 points in it. Uh, so, you know, to me, I'm not going to worry about them getting a player to uh, because if you still, even if you don't get there and they get a touchdown on that play, if you get in Josh Allen's face, that's going to pay dividends down the road. It doesn't have to necessarily be a bad play uh, for them at that moment. If it's, you know, if hits start adding up, which is a big deal. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and those hits come in a number of different ways. One guy that I like to watch and I, I think should be at the forefront of our minds here is uh, Poyer, their safety, 21. He's a guy that, that has – he missed some tackles last week, but he's come up with some big plays down the stretch during the season. I think he's a guy that's an interesting matchup for McColl in particular uh, because he's seen him before. When they go to the nickel, they're going to put Johnson out there. He's the guy who had that long interception return last week. And even when they do that, they don't take Milano off the field. I think he's going to be able to play. And if he does – they are drastically better with that particular linebacker on the field. And I think he's going to draw at least the initial, the first, you know, try to jam Travis Kelsey and disrupt his routes. Um, I feel for him and his ankles, but it's yeah. going to be, uh, it's going to be a challenge. And so I will not be surprised given what Johnson did last week, what Poyer's been doing. And I think he's pretty solid. I wouldn't see, be surprised for them to go straight at Milano right off the bat with Kelsey first drive, heavily scripted in the first 15 for Kelsey. That wouldn't shock me. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what these two coaches decide they want to do and how they want to go at each other. They played each other enough. And Andy Reid, you know, 
McDermott is from the Andy Reid coaching tree, so you know that that's playing into this a little bit as well. But, you know, I really love Andy Reid's first 15. Usually I think he does a fantastic job on on calling plays and uh, having that script and sticking with it. Uh, I will say this, depending on what the weather is going to be like, and, and right now, the last time I looked, I thought it was going to be in the 40s and maybe even rainy a little bit. I still think Kansas City needs to take a shot or two down the field in early in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how they want to do that. I don't know what player they're going to take a shot to downfield. doesn't really matter to me, but they need to take a shot or two downfield because if they can get that Buffalo defense just even for a half second on their heels, that completely changes the ballgame. You're not wrong. Um, and, and I think showing the faith in him in particular last week, I, I think taking shots with Tyreek is going to be something that, again, if you run – you run the ball a little bit and you run Travis Kelsey heavy in the first 15, I think that's going to open that up. I'm not, I think Micah Hyde is a good safety, but I think he can get pulled in by having things get thrown in front of him over and over and over. And I think that will open up for Tyreek. Yep. Well, and then, you know, the X factor to me, honestly, Sammy coming back could be huge, but really the guy that hasn't had a big game yet this season and has been consistent at least the past couple of weeks for the most part is McCall Hardman. Mm Mm-hmm. You just have to wonder, is this the game where he gets something where it's just going to be electric? Because I think that he has the opportunity to be electric because he's not going to get the uh, the coverage that the other guys are going to get. That's absolutely fair. And I, I think that's something they're probably banking on. It, it would be if it were me. I would like to see them really focus on him and make him, especially if they're if teams have a tendency to ignore him early. Why not take advantage of that? Well, and honestly, I really like what they've been doing with having him run the ball out of the backfield. Him and Hill both. I think that their end rounds that they've been doing with that and the sweeps, I like that. I think mm-hmm. that that's a good way to use their speed and get the ball out on the edge quickly uh, and not have to actually, I mean, it's a run, but it's not really the same type of thing that you would expect. So I think that's a great use of their skill positions. Uh, just run it to the wide side of the field, please. <laughs> that's a fair point. And if they do, I think that helps them score. And so we have to get to what we think is actually going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I have a hard time believing that this is going to be under 60 points. It may be closer to 65 or 70 points, honestly. Um, you know, people, I've had people tell me that the Bills defense is good. Maybe they are. Uh, I just, I don't think they're as good as they were two years ago or even last year for that matter. Um, and I think that if Mahomes is available and ready to go in this game, good luck. He saw what you did in week six. I understand that that's not going to be what you're going to be doing this week. But him seeing an opponent two times, it, it, you're not going to have a very good chance uh, to have a good opportunity to beat him uh, unless you're able to get pressure with four. And that's not Buffalo's strong suit. No, so, they're very eerily similar to the Chiefs that way, right? Yep. So, you know, honestly, to me, I think that's going to really hurt them when it comes down to it. And then the other thing. You know, Josh Allen's played great, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, but even he's had off games or off quarters or off halves. It's if you can have it, if you can be as as consistent as you can be, that's great. But if you have an off half, you have to be able to come back and be fire in the second half or in the second quarter or, you know, whatever. But that's the big key for the Bills is they can't have an off quarter from Josh Allen in this game. That that is not going to work out in their favor in this game. They can't get behind two scores uh, and come back and really have a chance to win because Kansas City is going to be able to run the ball. 
uh, when they want to, I think. I don't think that the Bills are going to be able to stop the run or really want to be playing that kind of game. So I do think that's going to work to Kansas City's advantage as well. I have to go 38-31 Kansas City. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if Kansas City keeps them lower than that, but uh, I really do think Kansas City's offense, they look like they were going to put up 40 against the Browns last week. Yeah, I can't argue with that. And it, it does feel like Mahomes is going to be there, is going to be full strength, and that this is, uh, you know, the, the protocol is what it is, and he's he's doing according to that, but not feeling the detriment. Um, so I'm I'm doing this as though he is 100% and ready to go. So that said, I think the key to it is what the Chiefs defensive front does. Because I think Josh Allen is going to take one, possibly two scores in himself with his legs. So it's about, A, getting more pressure than you got last week, which was a season low in terms of pressures per drop back. That is a problem. They have to get that fixed. They have to do it now. But this particular quarterback, you have to do it with an idea of the fact that he can get outside as well as Mahomes can. And actually, I think he runs better with the ball in his hand to tell you the truth. Yeah, and he's a big guy and he's hard to bring down. So that's definitely going to be something that you have to worry about. Yeah. And so it comes down to the big boys up front, the four of them. I agree that they're still going to have to do that. It's going to be interesting to see how they're able to deploy Tyron and Legereus. I think that that's the key. If Bashad's back, it lets them do what they're doing well. Um, well, and not to mention Fenton, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but it allows Tyron to be the robber. That's the key. Yeah. And I think it would allow Legere's to go into the slot to follow if they want to digs with him, certainly try to get that matchup as often as possible. And I think that will help as well. At the end of the day, I think the weather will be a factor. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be that cold. So it actually takes me back. And when I think at the, at the end of the day, I think Allen is the next factor. And I think he does keep them in it and keep them close. I'm going to call it 31 28, but it is a chief's victory and they do go to Super Bowl 55. So you're going a little bit lower scoring, huh? A little bit. That's okay. Hey. Yeah. It all works. No, right now, it's right now, Kansas City is scheduled to be at game time at kickoff 42 degrees and 37% chance of rain. So, uh, yeah, you would figure that 40 degree weather and rain, Kansas City's going to be able to run the ball. Uh, Buffalo just doesn't have a running game to speak of. So that's going to hurt them. Uh, and if they drop a pass or two, that that really could be a huge swing in this game. It, it definitely could. So let us know what you think. What's your prediction? Throw it in on iTunes on the reviews. Leave a five star while you're at it there, please. Um, throw us at uh, Locked On Chiefs on Twitter as well. Like to know what you guys see happening and see if uh, who's right here is Chris. Is Chris up there at the high octane, or am I better off here down at the lower end? We're very much intrigued by it. This is going to be fun. And I do think that this is going to be a great weekend, regardless of how it gets to that point. As long as we see Mahomes on the field, this is going to be a positive outcome for everybody in Chiefs Kingdom. So hope that you guys enjoy your weekend and your run up to it. We will have, as always, win, lose, draw, or snowflakes. Uh, we will have post-game report with Matt Derrick. So thanks for listening to us today, and we will talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.